The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. You're about to get schooled on how to be inboxed. You've got, you've got, you've got, you've got mail. Our hosts will show you how to deliver on email marketing strategies without going postal. Welcome the hosts of Inboxed, the click father of email, Kevin DiVincenzi, and the original Fab Fondy, Fab Fondy J, John Fondy. And once again, welcome to Inboxed Radio. This is, of course, our St. Patrick's Day show, of course, March 17th, 2010. I'm John Fondy, the big Fabu, and inviting you to... To, uh, I'm welcoming you to our, our great show here as we're kind of moving up here now. It looks like as I kind of check the scoreboard here, we are up to, uh, this is actually show 37. So we've got a little over about wow. three quarters of a year worth of shows, and it's hard to believe that uh, that we're there. And, of course, we've got a great show that's planned for you. But before I kind of tell you what the show's all about and who we have on the show today, I want to remind you, if you would like to chat with us, you can go to Inboxed Radio. That's I-N-B-O-X-E-D Radio.com. And uh, we have a live chat room there that is managed by Anthony Alves in our palatial green room there at uh, the campus of xy7.com. Or you can go to webmasterradio.fm and uh, you can jump into that chat room there and Brasco will be managing that, that was information. We always have uh, you know giveaways and questions and things of that nature. But more so than that, we have the best experts in the entire industry as we talk about uh, e-commerce and email marketing and things of that nature and also what's going on in the the um, what's going on in the uh, in the world of of email marketing, and uh, with, if you have a question for one of those experts, uh, you can go ahead and uh, text us that uh, in the live chat rooms, and we'll try to answer that uh, question for you right on the air. You know, we've got a great, great show uh, today. Uh, this is going to be. Uh, you know, something that's that's also near and dear to our heart, of course. Uh, the Click Father, Kevin D. Vincenzi, is with us. Kevin, how are you? Broke up a little bit there, John, but I'm doing great in beautiful Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. That's right. You were on the road to the Final Four. You're back uh, at one of the Big 12 events at the Ford Center in Oklahoma City, and of course, our UNLV uh, running Rebels play tomorrow. So you're gonna you got your hands full for you back there. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we were invited out by one of our uh, one of the networks we work with to uh, come out and spend some time with them. They got a beautiful luxury suite here to uh, to watch the games, and uh, we. Uh, Going to do that tomorrow, all day tomorrow, six games total, and then on Saturday another two. So uh, it'll be a lot of, lot of fun basketball. We look forward to it. Yeah, that'll be. Well, great. Appreciate you taking the time to uh, to call in and be with us. We also have Robert Burko, and he's the president of Elite Answers. He's with us today, so we're going to talk to him a little bit about, uh, of course, you know, uh, some of the things that are going on in his industry and, of course, small to mid-sized businesses and how they can use email marketing and building lists and things of that nature. Also, really excited to have uh, John Dozer with us. He uh, recently wrote the book Google Bomb, and uh, he happens to be a... Um, Happens to be an internet trial lawyer, and he's going to be with us today to talk a little bit about uh, defamation and cyber stalking and uh, copyright infringement and things of that nature. And also this great book, which is a great read that we have as well. And then also uh, back for a second time on the show uh, will be James O'Brien from Lashback. And Kevin, remember the last time we had Lashback on the show, um, I think we were, we were in... Colorado, I think, and we were just getting wild in the media room. And that, that's, uh, that's when they were on for the first time. Oh, yeah, that was a great time, John. I look forward to doing that again this year. It's coming up, actually, and I think in June again. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a good event, and we had everybody oh, around there. And so got a great, great show Tech. for us as well. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It was New York at AdTech when we, when we took over the media room. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was one of our one of our bed. That's where we kind of got the roundtable thing going on, and that that was that was really a lot of fun. But you know what I want to do now is talk a little bit about um, about our first guest here. He's ranked among uh, North America's top email marketing service providers. He's also appeared on national television, radio programs, and print publication, providing insights on email marketing, social marketing, and search engine optimization. And of course, right now we're talking about the president and founder of EliteEmail.com. We're talking with Robert Burko. Robert. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Oh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. 
Well, this is kind of great. It's uh, we, we have we have such such phenomenal industry experts, and uh, I think Ali Swirlo is really uh, has assisted us uh, from the. Uh, the email experience council on on providing yeah, phenomenal. Great I don't know how much you know her, but she's great. Uh, I'm sorry, I, you kind of cut me off a little bit. Say it again. Oh, sorry. I was going to say I don't know how much you know how much you've talking to her, but she's phenomenal. She's great at what she does and what they're doing over there at the email experience council is really really great stuff for the industry overall. Well, it is, and uh, and I've had a chance to to interact with her, and, and she's provided us with some some great some great guests. But um, you know, talking about small and mid-sized businesses, uh, I mean that that seems to be the bread and butter of our, of our industry um, um, and commerce as a whole across the nation. And um, you know, we're starting to see more and more of these small to mid-sized businesses uh, using email marketing. Why do you think that is? Why do you think they should continue to do that? You know, I think it largely boils down to it being effective. I mean, in this economy, I think people are asking themselves, you know, how can they make their dollar go farther? How can they do marketing better, faster, quicker, more efficient, better ROI? And I think at the end of the day, people are sort of looking at their options, you know, especially small, medium-sized businesses. I mean, you know, you're not going to have a small mom-and-pop organization, uh, you know, company running a national TV ad. It's just not going to happen. And, you know, they still have to do marketing. And I think when it comes down to email, you find something that has very little barriers to entry. You know, once you have a mailing list, you can go and start, you know, conducting promotions through email. Um, you know, it's very cost effective. It's, you know, there's no printing fees. There's no postage fees. I mean, compared to, you know, running a radio ad, print ad, anything of the sorts, I mean, dollar for dollar email is so incredibly effective. And I think what people sort of immediately see is they see that engagement. They see that, you know, they send out an email and all of a sudden they are getting replies. They are getting traffic to their website. You know, they are, they are sort of generating whatever it is their goal was. Email can be a catalyst to that, and especially for small, medium-sized businesses who are saying, you know, I have a limited budget. What can I do to really maximize my marketing? I mean, email marketing seems to be the odds-on favorite, and I think it's no surprise that it's gaining in popularity. Well, you know, in my uh, past sorted life, uh, you know, I came out of Hollywood, and uh, and at one particular time, I had an entertainment service which I provided disc jockeys, and I provided video, uh, you know, uh, you know, video production for for different That's types important. of events and stuff. And then it seemed like anybody could get their hands on a on a CD or a CD player and a couple of speakers, or get their hands on some kind of a digital camera from Best Buy. They all became professionals in the industry. Um, do, do we see people doing the same thing out here, or would would you recommend you know maybe maybe looking a small to mid sized business looking for a professional like yourself as opposed to trying to do it on your own? I mean, it, it's a great question because I mean, truth of the matter is, people hear you know email marketing. Oh, what's that? Well, that's sending out emails to your customers, and they go, oh well, you know, I have my computer at home, I have Outlook, I have Hotmail. I can't see why you know I can't just send this out and. And there is that school of thought, and we get lots of callers into elite email saying, you know, yeah, I want to do this, and, you know, I just don't know how to get started, and I'm sitting here on my computer, I don't know what to do. And, I mean, these people, I mean, you really need to reach out to an email service provider. I mean, yes, on the surface, people hear email, you press send, presto, I'm done, but there's a lot more going on to it. There's a lot more in the back end. There's email authentication technologies. There's managing your balances. There's ensuring your can spam compliant. I mean, there's, there's so much going on that... I mean, even when I sort of engage people and I say, oh, I'm in email marketing, I mean, you know, what we do at Elite Email, we're not just a bunch of people sitting in a room going, well, we're just going to press send a bunch of times, that there's so much going on from the mailing list side to the actual creating the content that sends out to tracking the results to making sure you get in the inbox. You know, I mean, if you're an email marketer and you go, okay, I want to do this on my own, okay, maybe you have good content. Yes, you can come up with that on your own. But if you go and you send out this email and all you do is get in a bunch of spam folders, you're sort of sitting back in front of your computer going, I don't get it. I send out so many emails. Where's my response? Whereas, you know, Elite Email and all the other email service providers, this is what we do. This is what we excel at. You know, we're going to take your content. You know your business better than we do. There's no doubt about that. No email professional anywhere is going to say they know their business better than the, you know, marketer or small business owner. But they're able to sort of take that content, take their objective, and say, okay, now we're truly going to harness the power of email marketing in the best way possible. And that's really the difference between someone who sends email and gets really good results and then someone who sends email and goes, well, where's that crazy response everyone's always talking about? 
So I, I think it definitely well, does make a difference. And, I mean, there wouldn't be so many email service providers, you know, like Elite Email, that are sort of thriving in the market today if people didn't realize, hey, this isn't something I can do on my own. I, I do need an outside vendor to help me with this. Well, you make a great point. That's where it comes down to, you know, you do what you do best and we do what we do best. Meaning if, if the advertiser knows what they're doing best in regards to the offers they know are going to work, why not have guaranteed deliverability and use a, uh, an ESP to do, to do everything else for them? I mean, it just makes good sense, you know? Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, if everyone could do everything on their own and never ask for help, I mean, a lot right. of things wouldn't exist. But truth of the matter is, you know, people do what they're good at. That's great. And when it comes to, you know, email marketing and they say, okay, we understand it, we want it, you know, we need it, when you turn to a professional ESP, you, you really take it to the next level and now you're doing things properly. You know, it's a, it's a great medium as well, but I think like anything else, you know, you, you, you eat steak every single day, which, Kevin, I know that's what you did when you landed in, in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, it kind of gets old. Um, so what frequency should you send emails at? You know, it's a great question, and, you know, people call into lead email all the time, and they say, you know, is it a daily newsletter, a weekly newsletter, a monthly newsletter, a quarterly newsletter? You know, what should I be doing? And, and the answer that we generally tell people is, you know, when you send an email, there has to be good content behind it. You can't just send an If you send an email and it's boring, if you're falling asleep preparing this email, then your audience, the people on your mailing list, they're not going to be interested. So whenever it comes down to frequency, I always say, how often are you going to have something valuable to say? Because if you don't have anything valuable to say on a day-in and day-out basis, what on earth are you going to put in your newsletter? And if you just throw in fluff to say, you know what, we sent out a newsletter because we have a daily newsletter and we have that goal, your audience is going to pick up on it, and they're not going to want to see you in the inbox every day. So, you know, for a lot of people, maybe they have something of worthwhile saying once a week. For most businesses, for most small, medium-sized businesses, what we find is it's a monthly newsletter. Some people do bi-weekly, but a lot of people are doing monthly newsletters because what they're finding is that after a whole month, they have lots of really valuable content that they can put in their newsletter. And one of the things we always tell people is you're better off sending a really great, valuable newsletter that people are going to open and read and interact with and forward once a month than you are sending out a really lousy email once a week or once a day because people are going to unsubscribe because they're not going to want to see a lousy newsletter showing up at their inbox you know, cluttering everything up every day when they're just thinking, this is never something I'm going to read. Those people, you know, they're, they're trying to sell me widgets, I get it, but they never say anything of value. Instead, you know, you want to be the people who, yes, I love that newsletter. It's great. I love when it hits my inbox. There's always useful stuff in there. It relates to me. I open it. I forward it. I click on links in the email. And, and you sort of get that when you choose a good frequency and you choose a sort of a pace where you actually have something of value to say. Right. I mean, the only exception, I guess, would be if you actually have content, you know, a joke of the day, um, some tech news that, that, that's relevant to time where, where it's something that wouldn't uh, have to come out Monday, monthly. If you're putting some real content in there, then you can increase your frequency uh, quite dramatically. I think that would be the only exception that I would see because then people do want to read it, you know, and they definitely want to read timely news, you know. A hundred percent. I mean, it really boils down to content is king. I mean, we have some customers who have really great content, whether it be a joke of the day, late-breaking news, you know, I mean, industry updates, where they're sending yep. emails once a day, sometimes even twice a day. And, you know, we have the people who successfully send email twice a day, and it's jam-packed with useful information. And then we have people who say, you know what, I'm trying to talk about my product, I'm trying to promote something, there's really no need for me to send out an email every day. And, I mean, you really have to sit back and say, you know, when do I have worthwhile content that I want to talk about? And that's how you should sort of determine your frequency. Because what I find is when people sort of get in this habit of we have a weekly newsletter, we must send a weekly newsletter, and then they sit down to put it together and they realize, oh, man, we have nothing to say. What are we going to do? And then they have, okay, well, let's put a joke of the day just so we can say something. I mean, it's not going to speak to their audience. So you're entirely right. You're bang on. If there's stuff to say, say it every day. If you can say it every day, say it every week. There is no hard and fast rule about the frequency of email other than content is king and only put stuff in front of your audience that they're going to want to read, and, and that's sort of how you base your frequency. Okay. Great. Great. Well, great. We great have advice. a question that comes in, and um, I'll try to read this question that was sent uh, in from the chat room at, uh, um, at uh, Webmaster Radio, and this question is from Jeff Sebring. It says, for a company with an old list that has never been used, is there a best way to reach out for the first time? 
That's a great question. I, 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 I mean, a lot of people of that, are sort of in that spot. You know, we have people who say, you know what, it was really great because I've been collecting emails for, for years, and I've never done anything, but I have this massive database of customers because, you know, John Smith bought widgets from me, you know, six, six years ago when I have his email, three years ago, whatever the case may be, and, and then you're sort of sending them an email. And, you know, you run into a few issues when you do that because, I mean, number one is anytime you talk about email marketing, you know, the issue of spam comes up. And, you know, you, you have to ask yourself the question of if someone purchased a product from you three years ago and they gave you their email, you know, does that mean they, they want emails from you today? And, you know, we like to believe the answer is yes, but, but sadly the answer is no. And then, and then you get into an issue of spam and compliance. And, you know, small businesses, they, they really got to be aware of their complaint rate because you can't send out an email to a really old list that's going to get all sorts of spam complaints because that is bad for, for all sorts of reasons. So, I mean, can you, can you send out an email saying, you know, hey, we haven't spoken to you in a while, just wanted to reach out to you and tell you some of the latest things that are happening? I mean, you can. And one of the things we always tell customers is if you want to send out that initial email to a list that, that's somewhat dated, and that doesn't, doesn't even have to mean that it's years old, just simply means that it's not current. You know, you often want to send out an email saying, you know, here, here's, you know, hey, here's how we got your information, just so you remember us, you know, we didn't just go buy a list, we're not spamming you, you know, you did purchase from us in the past, or here's how we got your information, and, you know, here's what we're doing these days, and if you would like to continue receiving our, our emails, you know, please click here to confirm your subscription. And this way you can take an old contact, someone who, who you know, is really dated, and say, oh, look, they just confirmed they still want our, they still want our emails, they're not going to call it spam. They're still interested. This is a person we want to follow up with, as opposed to the people who don't respond. And this is sort of the downside because your, your list is going to get smaller, and you know, it's going to be a surprise when you find a lot of people who bought from you three years ago simply aren't interested in your emails now. But what you're going to end up with is a quality mailing list, and that's really the base of what you want of people who still want to get your emails. So, yes, reach out to them. You know, be careful because you don't want to get complaints but ask them to sort of reconfirm it and, and re-verify that they do want to get your emails because that will let you weed out the people who don't and, and make sure you don't get spam complaints in the future going forward. Well, the other thing you can do is if it's a, if it's a product, is offer a free upgrade or, or something free to update because uh, now you're actually tying in uh, that they were, they, were, they were a customer in the past and you've got their information and tying them back into the product so you've got that, uh, that emotional attachment back to you as well. Um, that works very well in retention because now it's like, hey, I'm, I'm not just contacting you, I'm giving you something right off the bat so uh, you remember who we are and to, to get you to, uh, to stay opted in. I mean, I've seen that work out very successfully for some of our clients um, by doing it that way, you know, and you know, software that people, the guy that they even had on the computer, you know, offering the newest version for free, you know, an upgrade or what have you, works very well too. So at least there's a reason for that initial contact as opposed to, hey, you know, you, you bought something three years ago and uh, we have your email and now we want to market to you because you're, you're right. People really don't, don't want to be marketed to uh, in that manner, not if there's no value to it. I'm a big proponent on, on content. I mean, if there's no content, I don't want to get a newsletter, you know, from, uh, from somebody I bought software from. There's no, uh, it's not relevant to me at all. Absolutely, yeah. Anytime you can give the audience something of value, I mean, it just comes back to that content is king. Like you said, someone wants sure. to give me a free version of software I bought two years ago, yeah, I can't wait to open that email. I'm very excited. Right. I would be upset if they didn't send me that email. And then on the other hand, like, like you know, we were saying before, the email that says, hey, we haven't reached out to you in a few years and just want to say hello, how about you buy our products? Well, yeah, people aren't going to jump up and down. Who, who would jump up and down for that? So definitely, I mean, there's ways to be crafty. And like you said, you know, if you can give them something of value, even if it's been a while, Value is value. These customers, they know who you are. They have a relationship with you. They're going to recognize your brand. They're going to know your product. So definitely, if well, you put sort of a hand in that relationship, they're it's out really well. Or they've taken a desired action. So you've already got a proven consumer there. Um, so it's worth the investment to give them something, you know what I mean, to get them, to get them back re-engaged with you because it's not their fault that, uh, that yeah, you lost touch. It's yours. So uh, I think it's, it's a lot better than trying to reprune a new list or trying to you know, restart a new list and get people double opted in and everything. I mean, just to, to work off an existing list, I would definitely work on a strategy that way and see what you come up with. 100%. Marketing to existing customer base, always going to be easier than going out and finding new customers. And I, I think any small, medium-sized business owner out there is going to say, you know, that their, their best source of new business is often existing business. And, you know, everyone's out there trying to grow, you know, grow new business, and that's how, how, how it helps. But uh, definitely, I mean, building on the relationships that you already have with your existing customers is so vital. And that's really where email marketing can, can really help you because, 
I mean, that's what you're doing. You're keeping your brand in front of them. And, you know, it was a great question from, from that person. You know, I haven't done it. What should I do? Because now I realize the benefits. Well, it's true. The benefit of having your brand consistently in front of your users, in front of your customers, is going to make them know who you are, keep, the, keep you guys at the front of, your, of their, their mind. So when they need to purchase something, they're coming back to you guys instead of, you know, oh, I haven't sent an email in three years. I totally dropped off the map. I hope my customers remember me, but maybe they won't. Well, now you can actually proactively do something with email marketing to make sure they don't forget. Hey, great. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump off to a quick commercial, Robert. We've got a couple of questions that we've got in the queue for you when we come back after the commercial, and then I want to introduce you to John Dozier as well. So if you uh, wouldn't mind sticking around for a few minutes, we'll be right back right after these short messages. Time to flood some more inboxes. Inboxed will return after this. XYZ in the affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even comes with state of the art tracking. Where to the start? You can do it a couple ways. 866XY7Page. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. This webmasterradio.fm program is made possible in part by the following. AFCON 2010, the trade show that you know where affiliates always attend for free, is making its way to Denver June 21st through the 23rd. How would you like to come to AFCON 2010 and not pay a single penny? AFCON 2010 presents the AFCON 2010 Fully Free Experience Sweepstakes. Go to AFCON2010.com slash sweepstakes. You can win round-trip airfare, a three-night stay at the Hyatt Regency Convention Center Hotel, and VIP access to all sessions, exhibits, and webmasterradio.fm's affiliate bash. All you have to do is sign up now at AFFCON2010.com slash sweepstakes. Be one of the thousands in the affiliate marketing community that are making the switch to AFCON 2010, the trade show that's free for all affiliates, June 21st to the 23rd in Denver. Register today at AFFCON2010.com. Ahoy there! Navigate the rough and treacherous waters of the web with a virtual vessel designed to swashbuckle spam and dock at your exact destination. Best of the web, BOTW.org, is the Internet's oldest directory since 1994. A rewarding resource to those looking to promote their site. And now, Best of the Web boasts an incomparable local search engine featuring more than 16 million businesses from sea to shining sea. Commitment to quality and unmatched dedication to our users. Best of the Web. Find us now at BOTW.org. Wrong Milare. That's BOTW.org. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the godfathers of mass distribution on Inbox. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back. This is the Big Fabu. I am John Fondi, and of course, checking in for all the way from Oklahoma is Kevin DiVincenzi. He's the Click Father, and uh, all the way through the first segment of our show, we held over uh, Robert Burko because we had a couple of questions we wanted to ask him. But uh, first of all, let me just say this uh, openly, uh, Brasco. That has got to be the worst pirate impression that I've ever heard. Oh, you yourself. <laughs> Come on. No, we give you an A for effort there, if you will. <laughs> you, uh, you do 5,000 of those a month, you got you know, they do kind of get a little squirrely. But, hey, um, Robert, before we get to those questions, I want to bring on uh, our next guest. Um, he's, he's uh, I've met him a couple of times. I'm very impressed with him. He's the founder and president of Dozier Internet Law. And they're a firm that is dedicated exclusively to the law of Internet. And in 2009, John authored a book called Google Bomb, which is the definitive guide to online attacks. And a go 
go-to resource for defending yourself, your family, and your loved ones. And I know we've all kind of been through that before, so we appreciate John. He's a seasoned technology executive, and he's got a really great background, both in litigation and Internet and e-commerce. gives me great pleasure to welcome to our show the author of Google Bomb, and I'm talking about John W. Dozier, Jr. Esquire. Welcome, John. Well, thank you for that nice introduction. Well, you know, it's, I've seen you a few times. I'm so glad I took the time to, to, to stop and chat with you when you're out here for LeedsCon, and uh, and appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. I'm going to go ahead and hold you for just a second there, John, but I wanted to introduce you to Robert Burko as well, and we try to we try to make as many acquaintances as we as we can. Have the two of you guys ever met Robert? Robert, have we met before? I have... I, 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 Gee, so many, I don't, I don't, I don't think so we many have. people. I don't think we have, actually. So it's a pleasure to meet oh, okay. you. Yeah, nice talking with you, too. Yeah, inboxed radio and friend finder we have here. As well. Absolutely, you guys do it all. It's great. It's Day, not Valentine's Day, John. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> right. Which brings me to my next John's question month, here before John's we get to the question. John's a month and three days late, actually. So, you know. I, hey, Kevin, you talked under me. What do you say it again, please? Oh, I'm so sorry, John. I said I think you're a month and three days later. It was the uh, it's Valentine's Day, not not uh, it's not uh, Valentine's Day, it's St. Patty's Day. But I'm sure since I know you had your kegs and eggs this morning, uh, you know it's all blending together for you. <laughs> I'll be ready right. to have a green beer. I have a question for you. What is what is green and uh, is in your backyard? Are you asking me? Anyone? I'm asking everybody. Well, what is I'm, green? I'm hoping it's the pitcher of beer that my wife has out for me when I get home, but I got a <laughs> feeling that might not be it, but maybe. I think I saw some this morning. I got a bunch of geese in my lake right outside my house. I think I saw some in the grass. What is it, John? Uh, what is green and you find it in your backyard? Patio furniture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There we got the <laughs> there you go. Hey, anyway, a couple of questions, but I didn't see them up. Uh, Brasco, you said you had a couple because of Because it would have taken a year for me to write them, okay? <laughs> okay, kid, do you want to paraphrase them? Or oh, no, I'll, just... I'll make them real quick. First okay, one is right. from Fitz in our chat room asking about the use of text versus HTML versus multi-part. Is HTML pretty much standard now? HTML is pretty much standard. I mean, at Elite Email, everything we do, we send out multi-part because... Although HTML is definitely the standard and most people are opening it up, they're getting HTML, you do still want to have that fallback of text because you never want your recipient to get nothing or jumbled characters. So HTML is the standard. Yes, it's the future. I mean, even though there's all these issues with Outlook 2010 and people are talking about tags that are going to work and not work, HTML is still where we're going. We are not going to be in a plain text world anytime soon. Perfect. Good answer. And did you have one more, uh, Brasco? Yes, it did. From Carrie Morgray, if you do have a list like this, where you have the names legitimately, but the list is old, you're going to get a bunch of bounces slash unsubscribes. Is this going to be a problem at all with an ESP when you're a new account? It's a great question. I could probably um, that. I, I, I mean, think, I think the answer is yes and no. I mean, it actually depends on what amount. Uh, I mean, it, people say, you know, I have a lot of bounces. Well, I talk to someone who says they have a lot of bounces and they're talking about 5%, and I talk to someone else and they're talking about 40%. And, I mean, that, that's a big range. Now, it is going to be a problem whenever you go to an ESP, whether it's Elite Email or someone else. I mean, all these ESPs, at least the ones who are doing it properly, are very strict about their mailing list practices. So if you send out an email and it turns out, oh, look at that, half their list is bad. It all bounced back. And of the other half that got it, a lot marked it as spam. I mean, you're not going to be with that ESP for very long. But there's no doubt about it. Now, that being said, if you have a sort of a larger list and you go, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen when I send out to these people. You know, email marketing is not an all-or-nothing game. You don't have to send out to your entire mailing list in one shot just because you have it. You know, like on Elite Email, you can break up your list to different interest groups. So you may want to take your old list and separate it out into smaller chunks, send it out to that smaller list, and then see what you get. You're better off getting a high bounce rate on a really small number of emails and saying, oh, geez, you know what? my list is definitely not good enough. So as much as I would love to go back and sort of use this really dated list, it's pretty clear no ESP is going to want to get 50% bounces and tons of spam complaints. I mean, that's just any ESP will tell you that. So definitely, you know, start small. Get, you know, get your foot in the door. See what happens. Send out some smaller emails. See, because maybe, maybe it's not as bad. Maybe your bounce rate's actually a little bit lower. And sort of as you move forward, you clear those bounces. You're saying to those people... So your bounce rate will go down, but definitely going and taking your list that's multiple years old, blasting it out, crossing your fingers, saying, geez, I hope this goes well, 
and then getting a ton of bounces, a ton of complaints, and wondering why your ESP kicked you out. I mean, there's better ways to go about doing it. And if you talk to your ESP, I mean, most of them will work with you on strategies to, you know, re-engage old contacts and make sure everything is still opt-in and following best practices. Well, great. Hey, Kevin, you, uh, you had a thought on that as well, too? No, I, I think my, my thought is pretty much the same thing I was saying to, uh, to test small amounts. So the exact same advice, test small amounts, see how it bounces. Uh, there are services out there as well that will... Uh, um, test through and clean your list, and there's different appending services you can use uh, for hygiene as well. Um, you know, and I'm, I, I can't think of any offhand, um, but there, there's definitely some out there, so I, I might take that approach as well. But, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing, and uh, maybe somebody can answer this, what is the percentage of uh, mail that generally bounces per year? I thought it was like 22%. So if you had a, uh, a list that was a year old, about 22% will be hard bounces. Uh, does anybody have that exact number or a, a good approximation, or am I on target? Yeah, you're, I mean, that, that's basically the, the sort of rough approximation. I mean, it, it varies depending on what right, source okay. you go to, but, right, so I mean, year, year over year, 20% or, or in and around there is about what to expect. Okay, right. So if somebody's got 100,000, they can expect to have a 20,000 20, uh, 20, providing, uh, providing there's no other uh, aspects that forget about filtering or anything else. So uh, that's, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, number, I guess, then. So two, two years at 40% is definitely... <laughs> It becomes problematic. What is your threshold in regards to bounces? I mean, probably under 5%, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, we look for under oh, 5%, you? but you know, it's, it's not a hard and fast rule. I mean, every, every client is different. And, sure. I mean, what we do at Elite Emails, we have a back-end algorithm that basically looks at every client, looks at all the, all, all the sort of metrics, how many people are opening, forwarding, clicking, unsubscribing, reporting spam complaints, you know, bounces, hard bounces, soft bounces, the reason. So we sort of put together everything, and then all of our clients get assigned a reputation score based on this algorithm. So, you know, it's not so much, you know, oh, if you have 5.01% bounces, well, now you're over the threshold, and that's a problem. It's rather, you know, we look right. at everything because we've had clients who, you know, they have 7% bounces, which, which is, you know, higher than what we expect for most of our clients, but then they have a tremendous open rate and an exceptional click-through rate, and people are forwarding it. Sure. Very little unsubscribes. No one's calling it spam. And then in that case, you would look at that client and say, okay, they have some bounces. They're over the threshold of, you know, sort of industry average and over what we mm -hmm. want. But, I mean, that's not necessarily raising a red flag. So we, we definitely don't look at any one measure sort of individually. We look at everything overall. Well, great, guys. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, let's go ahead now and switch on over. And, and, Robert, you're welcome to stick around if you can. And if not, we, we should understand. But also checking in with us, of course, we had introduced before uh, was the author of uh, Google Bomb. We're talking about with, uh, with, with uh, John Dozier. John, thanks so much again for being on the show. I, I've started reading the book, and I really find it in, really an easy read. I thought it would be a lot more difficult to read. But you're, you, you and your uh, writing partner, Sue Sheff, are, are great writers. Well, I appreciate that. You know, the, the uh, publisher is HCI. They're a mainstream publisher. They do chicken soup for the soul on that entire line. So they're very much focused on trying to make it user-friendly, mass market book. And that's really the way it's written. It's not for Internet geeks or, you know, uh, lawyers or anything like that. It's for the masses. Well, I was really struck by uh, by you know the you kind of cut to the chase in the very beginning, and you and uh, basically uh, you guys are sitting in there with the client, and uh, and they're getting ready to read the verdict, and the verdict comes out for the parents' universal resource experts. Um, that's an organization that was set up to help parents of troubled teens. We award. Um, uh, $1,170,000 uh, $1, in compensatory damages, as well as punitive damages of $2 million. And uh, as for sous chef, we award over $10 million. That, that had to be something unbelievable to be in that courtroom. Well, first of all, I, I wasn't in the courtroom. I didn't try the case. There was a local lawyer in Florida who tried that case. However, I've been in some courtrooms where those types of results have come out. And uh, after the jury verdict, and I spent a lot of time with the attorney who tried the case, but um, after the uh, jury verdict, uh, the jury came down and, and hugged her, and everybody was crying, and it was a pretty emotional scene. It's uh, Unfortunately, what happened to Sue happens to a lot of individuals, but it also happens to a, uh, happens to a lot of businesses. And anybody who's been in this industry for long has had this kind of problem on a smaller scale, but this kind of problem arise. 
And, you know, Kevin, what we're talking about is uh, viral Internet attacks and privacy invasion and stuff like that. I don't know if uh, we have Kevin DiVincenzi, who's the quick father, and he's also the CEO of XY7.com. Have the two of you guys met before? No, I don't think we have, John. Um, well, and next time we're at a show or something, I'll introduce you to John. He's really, really quite the fun guy, and, and uh, you know, very un, unassuming, and and so that's why we decided to to have awesome. you on your on the show. What what made you decide to write the book? HCI, the publisher, contacted me. You hear all these stories about how hard it is to get a book published. I didn't have the slightest inkling that uh, I wanted to spend the time to write a book, but uh, the publisher came to me. They were looking for uh, an authority in the field that would supplement Sue's story. So she tells her story of coming under attack and all the intellectual property uh, abuses and the use of AdWords and on and on, just about everything you can imagine. Uh, in the first third of each chapter, and I lay the landscape in a broader basis in the last two-thirds. So as you read through it, it reads like a novel, but really it's a... Uh, instructional piece on what's happening to you and what to avoid and how to manage some of the problems that can arise with product disparagement and you know, reputation attacks. And even the, you're talking about a lot, a lot about email today. I have an entire chapter in there. Uh, email, uh, email is my weapon of choice, and it tells some stories about he, he, how email was used to decimate companies. Well, and Kevin, you certainly are no stranger to this, uh, to 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 these type of things that are taking uh, place out there. Tell us some of the wild stories that you've been involved in. Oh, well, I mean, John, over the years, obviously, we've been involved in a lot of different, uh, you know, different attacks and different types of, uh, you know, either either attacks by fraudulent affiliates or by uh, anti-spammers that thought that they were teaching us a lesson or what have you. But uh, you know. Knock on wood, it's been uh, it's been an easy uh, year for us so far now because uh, you know nobody's uh, nobody's bothered us. You know the last one, as you know, was uh, Dan Balsam, and we uh, we smacked him back pretty hard. So since then, it's, uh, it's been smooth sailing. We're in good shape. You know, when we when we look at this, obviously, uh, you know, it just seems like when uh, John, when 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 these these people start doing things of this nature. I mean, in some cases, we find it's, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's maybe the information that they're putting out there in cyberspace is somewhat true. Uh, sometimes we find that maybe they're overdoing it. Uh, it's like, you know, I, you know, called you a name at a bar or something like that, and now they, they go out and ruin their life. But more so than that, it seems like a kind of a coward's way of, of going going about that. And, and in many cases, you know, really difficult to try to punish somebody for doing something like that in the well, real and, world. And, and we, if it was truth, John, that would be something. You know, it's funny because, like, if you uh, if you Google uh, X Y Seven, you know, number two and number three will be uh, a uh, gentleman that put a post up about seven years ago about us that he got a uh, postcard in the mail. So in the physical mail, he got a postcard that we sent out to everybody that went to search and strategies. We actually rented the list from them, and you know, he's calling us spammers and this and that. And literally, it takes a whole thread. And all this hoopla to finally where somebody's like, uh, dude, did you get this in the mail? You, you know, so, so a lot of times people will just go and they'll embellish the truth just to make something a very big deal when it really isn't. Um, yeah, and the challenge my, like, like that is, like, yeah, you know, for that particular link, uh, we've had it removed many times by Google through, you know, so a lot of money on legal, but this guy happens to work for Yahoo. So guess what? Every time we get it removed, somehow he's got a way to get it back up. Um, so, you know, is it a form of harassment? Absolutely. Um, free speech, I'm, I'm a big proponent of. I, I believe everybody should be able to speak their mind, but you're absolutely right, John. Speak it truthfully and honestly um, and don't embellish, and that's the, the unfortunate problem right now is people just make a bunch yeah, of stuff yeah, up. Yeah, we're not talking about you know, people who have a, a, people a believe complaint, a, a com legal, a, you know, legitimate complaint about a product. This is all ill-willed, uh, right. malicious exactly. activity that's occurring, and it's or it's coming from somebody just, that's so mentally imbalanced. I, one of the first uh, chapters I have in the book, I go through the top ten personas of scofflaws. And there's all kinds of... You're not dealing with rational human beings in many instances. You couple irrationality with a lack of accountability, and I, they have nothing to lose mentality, and you end up with a bunch of uh, members of mobs running out there trying to assert their will, whatever it might be, as irrational as it might be on everybody else. And whoever their target of the day is becomes a popular thing to pick on. Um, I know that uh, that there is uh, s 
some roundtables that are taking place uh, in Washington uh, having a lot to do with behavioral targeting. John, I don't know if you get into that very much, but it seems like this is one of the first attempts that our industry is trying to police itself before uh, be before the, the government gets involved in and imposes some restrictions. What do you know about that? Well, I started uh, e-commerce companies back in 94 and uh, started an entire industry dealing with uh, the use of data metrics and uh, data points and defining how to handle certain situations on the back end of credit card issuers. But uh, I make of it as exactly what you are reporting it as. You're either going to self-police or government will regulate. There's nothing new about that. That's the way it's always been. One of the biggest challenges they you face, and I was at LeedsCon, I was saying the same thing, is you're dealing with a fragmented industry, and a young and unsophisticated industry. But it's not just the industry. It's, it's, Microsoft was non-existent in Washington until they ran into big problems. Google had spent almost nothing after its first six or seven years of experience, and now they have one of the biggest lobbying forces around in Washington. It's, uh, Apple has one person in Washington right now. It's uh, dealing with you know influencing legislation, et cetera. It's an important uh, issue. It will become highly regulated if we're not particularly careful. It's not only happening in Washington. It's happening in a lot of the state legislatures around the country. Great. We're going to take a, a short break. I want you to stick around if you can. I want to introduce you to James O'Brien from Lashback. And uh, also want to thank, uh, thank you so much uh, to going out to Victoria. She did a great job putting this uh, interview together. So, Victoria, we look forward to having you and John on the show again. So, but stick around. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking with James O'Brien, Director of Marketing from Lashback. We'll be right back after this. And don't forget, we've got Sydney with her hot deals coming up right after these short messages. Time to flood some more inboxes. Inboxed will return after this. Do you consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com, has now launched XY7Elite.com, a private invitation-only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers. XY7 Elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements. Think you've got what it takes to be elite? Go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000. 702-216-4000. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the JAR Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The JAR Group, online marketing with measurable results. Charles, come on up and tell us about the great ROI we're getting from RevenueWire. Thank you. Since I signed up with RevenueWire, conversions have increased dramatically. RevenueWire has an integrated shopping cart called SafeCart that offers highly accurate sales tracking, boosting our conversions through the roof. And now that they've added multiple international currencies to SafeCart, we're looking forward to seeing significant increases in our overseas sales of PC utility software from LavaSoft, PC Tools, Pareto Logic, and AvonQuest. With up to 75% commission, real-time sales tracking, free in-depth sales analytics and reporting tools, campaign optimization resources, and now weekly payments for top-performing affiliates, our sales are climbing higher and higher, thanks to RevenueWire. Find out more at RevenueWire.com. Affiliate Wire, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're back with the Godfathers of Mass Distribution on Inbox, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. 
All right. Hey, welcome back. Uh, again, this is our St. Patrick's Day show, kind of getting green with it here. It's, uh, of course, March 17, 2010. This is the big fabu, John Fondy. I want to introduce you to this next gentleman that we have here. Uh, we've had him on the show before. Um, he's recognized as a leader in integrated marketing and political consulting. He works on close to 200 political campaigns with over 40 corporate clients focused on the technology, technology vertical. Um, he's been the president of his own company based in St. Louis, Missouri. He attended American University in Washington, D.C. during that time, served as the executive director of a 10,000-member political association on Capitol Hill. Um, prior to that, he founded his first business with two senior partners and served as a vice president of director's affairs. And, of course, we're talking about James O'Brien, the director of marketing from Lashback. Welcome to the show, James. Hey, it's great to be here, and I appreciate that illustrious introduction. And I think it's very apropos that you have James Patrick O'Brien on your St. Patrick's Day show. Uh, coming I, to you from Lashback, I, I, man. <laughs> and, of course, it, it, it is definite. <laughs> Last time we got together, we got kind of wild uh, back in New York City, and it was great to have you guys back on the show again. Tell us a little bit about what Lashback does in, uh, in the industry. Sure. Well, you know, Lashback is monitoring email compliance. Um, you know, whether you're a client or not, we're getting unsubscribe uh, reputation performance metrics on everybody, really, who's sending any amount of commercial email at all, but uh, particularly uh, in the affiliate marketing world, um, we see so much traffic because really, you know, email is about, it, it's, uh, the DMA reports it as a $58 ROI. For every dollar spent, there's $58 returned in the email channel, which um, I think the, the next closest thing is search marketing, but it's, it's almost a, a, a third behind the ROI that email returns. Now, you're also, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there when you're working with affiliates who send email because you're sharing liability with them. So, Lashback is basically monitoring that traffic and telling you um, when your brand is at risk, when you might have some increased liability, and when some of your partners might not be doing the right thing with you, in which case we give you the opportunity to go in there and correct it um, and make sure everything's copacetic uh, for our consumers out there. Well, I think it's definitely something, and we talked about this at the top of the show. Um, we're talking about people, you know, you know, building their own lists, and uh, and one of the big topics that came up was what do you do if you happen to acquire a business that has an old list, or you've you uh, maybe haven't done any email marketing, or you've collected uh, data over these times. And Kevin made a good point about how maybe you set that up as a reintroduction to somebody, so you don't find yourself in that situation. Um, so, what what is your comment on what somebody should do if they find themselves with an old or outdated list. Yeah, you know, definitely. And in this day and age, the thing that you want to make sure of while you're reintroducing yourself um, to those people, because I would say that's the best practice. And it's not so much about we're not going to be these permission junkies that are on you about, oh, did you get, you know, double, triple, you know, confirmed consent and ran it through your, like, attorney's law firm and all this stuff. We're a little bit more realistic, a little bit more down to earth. And we're going to say, hey, listen, if you're talking to relevant people and you know it's good data, um, just make sure you do it right now on a, on a separate sending IP, that you're not mixing this in with your transactional email or the corporate stuff that you might be sending you know, to your actual business partners. Um, because it can affect your reputation. When you're doing acquisition, it's a little bit more of a risk. You're going to get some more complaints. Um, and if you're not doing a very good job with it, it's really going to hurt your reputation and thus your deliverability. So we just say, you know, make sure, particularly with older data, and, and I'm old school marketing. I mean, I got, like, data from, like, you know, AOL, like, email addresses from, like, 1992, <laughs> like, when they, like, like were first founded. And, um, and, I, and I hate to give it up, but I think what you're seeing with, like, XY7, and I know what, what, what the father, like, what is it, the father of, uh, of clicks? Is that the father of click-through? <laughs> is that what you're going click father. <laughs> the click father. I know what you're going to say is, you know, that stuff is great, but it's really about, like, what's the new fresh data that you're getting in? And I think that needs to be the focus. So if you got the old stuff, yeah, definitely go and reach out to it, particularly if you acquired, you know, a, a very nice brand or, you know, a great offer that's kind of attached, you know, with, with that data. Like, they know what you're sending them. It's relevant. They want to get it. And um, I call them email snobs because I think a lot of people – 
don't think of, you know, they want like these really clean, you know, again, triple opt-in, confirmed consent stuff. And while that's great if you can get that, you know, God bless you. But for the rest of us in the real world, you know, they're sending these offers out. Um, it's not always going to be quite so pristine. And so since I see acquisition working so well for so many hundreds of companies that we monitor, um, you're definitely going to want to take that older data with a grain of salt, make sure you're doing it on a separate sending IP. Um, if you're looking to see what, you know, how that data is going to respond, and then also, you know, as of 2010, this year and next year, domain reputation is going to become a lot more relevant. So you're going to, if your domain or somebody else's domain is in your email, that could also be another point that's going to increase a lot more on whether your mail might be getting blocked or not. So don't just check the, the reputation of your sending IP, but also make sure that domains within the offers that you're sending out um, have a great reputation as well. Hey, I read somewhere, maybe you can confirm this, and thank you, by the way, for, for answering that question, that you've appeared on national television accurately predicting the Republican takeover of the U.S. Senate and the net seat gain in the U.S. House representatives in October of 2002. So I guess uh, I ask you now, where to, what are you thinking we're going to see in terms of uh, some seats changing place, uh, of course, with this uh, national health care uh, debate going on? Sure, well, you know, but what I see right now and what I, what I hear from, from my friends on Capitol Hill is definitely, I mean, the Democrats were in control of everything. And whatever your political background is, whatever, you know, you're registered as, um, kind of wipe that slate clean and think of yourselves as a marketer. Because whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, the regulatory environment is increasing for you. And the FTC is getting more money to bring more enforcement actions against more companies, which means that... Um, you know, you're that much more likely that your business practices are going to be questioned. So we don't hear a lot of the investigations that get ended privately, where you're spending, you might be a business owner spending a hundred to $250,000 with a great law firm, and you don't get the press release. Um, everyone's not knowing about it, but you certainly paid the price for maybe a business practice that wasn't up to par. So what we're saying is, no matter what happens, that's not going to change anytime soon. But look for the Republicans to take back the statistical seats that they lost last time around. So there's just some math. Just doing the math. Forget about everything else. They're going to take back and probably um, control the House by a slim margin. I think the Dems might keep the Senate. And I'm really looking forward um, to seeing what happens with the presidential reelect. Can Obama reincarnate himself fast enough? Because he's being really pro-consumer in the marketing world. Um, he's setting the stage to do some things right, even though they seem to be messing up a lot of the tactical, uh, a lot of the tactical day-to-day stuff. Um, that I think is going to cause them to lose the house in this this upcoming November. But I think the real fight and the real thing to watch, keep your eyes on the prize. It's going to be the reelect campaign for the White House, and what happens with the U.S. Senate um, November. Uh, three years from now. Well, yeah, I think that uh, that you really nailed the head on it when you said, "Hey, let's throw uh, partisan out and just look and, and just and, and look at the opportunities here." And the one thing that I think, regardless of what takes place, I think the Republican Party, you know, has has really got to determine who are they going to put up there uh, in terms to run against uh, against President Obama, and uh, and that's something that I think is is just as important as to, you know, I mean, he can he can mess up all all he wants, but if we don't have anybody to throw at him. That, that that could affect that election. You know, it's very true. And with the, um, I, I've been watching the Tea Party movement, and particularly how social media, um, the Facebook platform, Twitter, has been responding to um, the whole Tea Party movement online, and how they've been able to mobilize. And I think in in one small sense, maybe it's not that small, they've been able to kind of answer some of the initial gains that the more liberal-leaning causes and Democrats have taken online and, um, and kind of fired back. But I think a lot of these companies are based out of California. I mean, again, thinking of the real world, they're run by more liberal-leaning Democrat-type people, executives. Um, I know the director of public policy for Facebook, for example, was a former uh, senior attorney with the ACLU. 
I mean, this guy is not a libertarian Republican, right? I mean, he's he's going to lean a lot to the left. And that's fine. I mean, I have no problem with that because, again, as a marketer, I'm thinking about how do I get my offer to convert with the consumer in this environment? And if they're really going to lift the bar up that much higher, I know that that's what I need to respond to. Even though I think the FTC continues to be pretty extremely pro-marketer, I look to the EU. I look to a lot of the trends in privacy and data over there um, that are extremely um, pro-consumer, where they look at the consumer's um, computer as their private property. And much like if you're going to go into somebody's house, if you're going to go into, into, the, into their computer, you're going to kind of have to treat that relationship the exact same way as a marketer. So I'm a little bit more blind to the partisan politics, and I'm just thinking of, okay, what do I need to do to keep growing my business? Um, I need to be extremely sensitive to the, to the consumer. And I'm not even thinking about permission per se. I'm thinking about relevance. I'm thinking about sending them kick-ass offers that they're going to convert on, that they're going to engage with, that is also going to help my domain reputation and thus my sending IP reputation, keep my deliverability high with all these receivers, and keep my offers converting. That's what I'm thinking of. Well, I'll tell you, that was a great segue into a segue back into a segue, James, and I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to be with us. Always, always excited to have you on the show. Hope you'll come back again and visit with us. I'd love to. Thank you, man, for having us. We really appreciate it here at Lashback. Absolutely. We'll see you shortly as well. Again, we're talking with... James O'Brien, who is the director of marketing for Lashback. Well, Kevin, we're just about out of time here. We got a couple of minutes left. Uh, you're you're back in in Oklahoma, getting ready to enjoy a little bit of basketball. And I know it's something that you do every year. But uh, hey, our big team UNLV is going to play tomorrow. I was really quite surprised to see that they got the invitation. Yeah, no, they they to get in. They just didn't know where, and they're playing uh, Northern Iowa, which is actually a really good team with a record of I think it's twenty seven and two, twenty seven and three. Um, so it should be a very close game. Uh, if they win, unfortunately, I think they get to play Kansas. So <laughs> Saturday would be uh, an interesting game, unless, of course, Kansas gets beat tomorrow by uh, by Layton, which uh, <clears throat> we highly doubt that. I think they're a 26-point uh, favorite, Kansas. So, uh, but it'll definitely be a lot of fun, a lot of energy, and it's great to actually be in an arena, you know, with uh, tens of thousands of screaming fans. So it'll be fun. I look forward to it. Well, it's great. It's already starting to heat up here. All the offers are coming out uh, now. Uh, all the March Madness offers, we're starting to see those come across the board as well. Speaking of offers, Kevin, anything hot that's uh, taking place here? Normally, we devote this segment to a TC and Sydney, but uh, but uh, they're unavailable today. So talk a little about the XY7 hot offers that are available. You know, the biggest one right now, John, is an offer called How to Talk to Hot Woman. Um, it's a three-field um Offer that takes social, takes email, takes search, takes display. It's kind of video creative on there. Very, very hot offer. Um, I would definitely look at that. We just got another raise on it, so we put it out um, at 225 on both XY7 and XY7 Elite. Um, another one for email would be a game design offer. Hot offer as well. Does, does, uh, does extremely well. Um, so those are really the two that I would focus on right now. I mean, obviously, you know, if you work with your affiliate manager, we have over 400 current offers up there. Uh, but those are two that you know are definitely taking my attention right now, and I'm testing on them. Um, and also, any social buyers, if you're buying social media, contact me directly. I've got some uh, some niche deals that I can give you uh, for social media. Just Kevin K E V I N at xy7.com. Well, great. We'll have a lot more uh, hot offers that are going to come in uh, each week, of course, getting near the end of the show here. Kevin, we're going to be uh, up in San Francisco here next month, and it's always uh, always great because it gives us a chance to, to roll something new out and, and it also gives us a chance to, uh, to, to meet up with a lot of people that we'll we see so looking looking at, uh, for another exciting San Francisco ad tech similar to what we did in New York just a few months ago. Yeah, it's only, only a couple of weeks away, actually, John. It's going to be... Uh San Fran's one of my favorite places because we'll do wine country and you know, spend the spend a good week out there with our team. So it's always a lot of fun. Well, I understand you always get a, a mansion overlooking the bay, and uh, and you invite some of your closest uh, business associates up and really take good care of them. But in a much more relaxed uh, arena than in the New York arena, completely different atmosphere. It it really is. You know, we get a, a larger house and just uh, get to spend time with our affiliates and work hand in hand, which is a very important thing. You know, we have that. Uh, that open door policy, John, where they can come in and work, and many affiliates take us up on it, and some work for you know months at a time. Um, but beside that, if they you know don't want to travel to Vegas or can't get away, well, they're already at AdTech. We can take an extra day where they could spend working with us and our team directly on monetizing some of their uh, campaigns, and you know, and being able to 
improve their ROI, which is very important, of course. Well, I know that uh, that Ken uh, Ken will be back there. You'll be back there. Um, I'll be back there as well. So uh, now's the time to actually start setting up those private meetings. Uh, it's a first-come, first-served basis. If you need to talk with any one of us about any of our campaigns, uh, you can go ahead and send send an email to us or give us a call and uh, and go ahead and get on that that list. Because uh, it seems like Kevin, that's uh, that's some of the best time you can get is to have one-on-one -on -one time with uh, you know with the CEO Absolutely. of XY7, and uh, we find that that's probably the best thing to do is to get in while, while you can. So again, that's Kevin at xy7.com or Ken at xy7.com or John at j-o-n at xy7.com. We'd love to chat with you guys while we're up there and, and meet up with the people that we do business with on a daily basis. Kevin, anything in closing coming out coming out of your department? No, no. I, just, I, I think we've got it all covered. You know, go Rebels. <laughs> well, of course, this has been our... Uh, our St. Patrick's Day edition of Inboxed Radio. Of course, our guests, Kevin D. Vincenzi, the Click Father. Also, Robert Burko, the president of Elite Answers. Uh, also, uh, attorney Robert Dozier was with us. And, of course, James O'Brien from Lashback. Got a great show planned for next week, so we want to make sure that you check in with us. If you'd like to appear on the Inbox Radio show, just go ahead and drop me an email at john at xy7.com, and we'll go ahead and discuss some of the topics. Make sure you keep it... Uh, pertinent to uh, to the email industry. We'll talk a little bit about social from time to time, but that's about it. Kevin, thanks again for uh, your help on the show. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. All right. Happy St. Patrick's Day from Inbox Radio. Sure I'm well, the Big buddy. Fabu. John Fondy, we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.